All right, so this is more of a formal intro. I did not edit this episode. It's just me, Josh, driving home from North Carolina to Texas. I'm bored. Uh, This is the dark side, deep thoughts. Welcome to the Thunderdome. That's the Thunder and Lightning to the Cloudy Towns podcast. Enjoy! Hello, everybody. I am currently in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Hashtag Roll Tide. And I am driving home to Texas from North Carolina. And I have about 800 more miles to go. So I thought what a good idea would be to do a podcast with just my thoughts and throw them out on the internet. I don't know if the internet's ready for it. Uh, You can check my uh, blog. It's called www.joshthoughts.backslash.gov. If you watch Office, you'll get that reference. (laughs) Um, But I was thinking... uh, I watched that Michael Jordan documentary yesterday, and... I feel like it was a big deal because there are currently no sports being played and everybody fucking loves Michael Jordan and wants to get an inside look at what his life was like. So I thought it was real interesting. It wasn't really anything that I didn't know already other than the Scottie Pippen signing a fucking seven-year, $18 million deal. And Michael Jordan was, at one point, Michael Jordan was getting paid $33 million a year. And Scottie Pippen was getting paid $3 million. And Scottie Pippen was arguably the second best player in the NBA at that time. That was the only thing that was news to me in that documentary so far. But I'm excited to watch the rest of it. But it had me thinking about who the best player that I played against was. And I would have to say the best player that I played against was, was Tayshaun Witt who played for GR, and we graduated 2008. I believe he was part of the 2008 graduating class also. The thing that made him difficult was you couldn't play off him, and you couldn't play too close to him. Because if you played too close to him, he would just go around you, playing off of him. He could launch it. And this was before launching threes from two feet beyond the three-point line was was a thing before Steph Curry was a thing, too. Like I said, 2008. But he was the first person that I saw do it, launch 40-footers and with no hesitation, just launch him and watch him go in. So he had a, as soon as he crossed half court, you would have to get up close to him because he was a threat to shoot it and make it so you get close to him and then if he if he knew he was faster than he would just go around you um so he was the toughest that i played against now we also played against owen wignott who was six six and could jump who went on to play for sienna i think sienna basketball anyway he was good, but I don't think he was... He was more 
physically gifted than Tayshaun, but I don't think he was a better basketball player. Um, probably opening myself to a lot of criticism with that one. But we also played against Peter Alexis, who was, I want to say, 6'10 at the time. And I don't know where he ended up going, but he, he, was, a, he was a man amongst boys. But like I said, he is just a big person physically. So I don't think he was that good at basketball. Willing to have anybody that listens to this podcast, uh, if you want to correct me or give your thoughts on who you think the best basketball player was, feel free. Uh, what was the other thing? Oh, I, I, uh, so social media. I don't understand social media. I don't understand Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. I've never had a Twitter. I don't look on Twitter. I don't know how to use Twitter. So I can't really explain why I don't like it. Just because I feel like people just throw their random thoughts and hope the internet sees it. Facebook is just one long bitching, moaning complaint from the kid you sat next to in fucking third grade. I'm sure you really care what his fucking crayon ass Ian has to say. So every time I've been on Facebook, which is probably once in the past 10 years, it's just novels and novels of people bitching and moaning. You just put your stupid ideas online to instigate fights. Everything is has to do with politics. So Trump this, Trump that, and you open yourself to just be in these internet fights where nobody's going to learn anything from anybody. You're just going to get upset and bitch at each other. So that's where I do not understand Facebook and Instagram. I understand if you have a business and you're trying to advertise with it. But for that, I would say try Yelp if you want to do that and have a business. But Instagram, I feel like it's a, it's a fake life that you want the world to believe that you live. Because anytime I've seen anybody's Instagram, it's either them on fucking vacation in the fucking ocean. And all oceans look the fucking same. Nobody knows if you're in fucking Florida or if you're in goddamn Mexico. It all looks the same. And nobody gives a fuck. The only people that comment on your fucking Instagram posts are your friends. So I don't understand why you have to have the internet look at these stupid fucking pictures Instead of you just sending a picture to your friend. Because they're the only person that's going to fucking comment about anything on it anyway. It's never something fucking... Anything that has to do with your normal life. It's always when you're doing something extra. You have to see... You have to have the world know that... Hey, look at me, look at me, look at me. Which annoys the piss out of me. Because I am, what I think, a very private person. I don't want anybody to know where, I, what I am doing or where I am at at any given time. Even though I just told you where I was at. And I'm putting my thoughts on fucking social media right now. And the reason that I'm not contradicting myself when I'm doing this podcast. Sorry. Is because I don't think anybody's going to listen to this. 
I don't care if they do or if they don't. The whole reason for this podcast was to kill some time during the quarantine. And it was fun for a few weeks. And then it just kind of fell off like I thought it was going to. But I'm trying to revive it. Uh, like I said, I was just coming home from Pennsylvania during this quarantine. I have done zero stay-at-home shelter, whatever, ban. I have been to Pennsylvania. I've been from Texas to Pennsylvania twice in the past month, once by plane and once by vehicle. So I have not had any issues with this coronavirus. Um, I listened to a doctor give a speech on CNN about how they're inflating the numbers for the coronavirus. Basically, anybody that shows up to the ER, whether it be a head wound or their fucking arm got chopped off, they say, do you have chest pains? And if they say yes, then they're automatically considered a coronavirus carrier. Uh, Granted, I'm sure people are dying. I'm not saying that it's 100% fake, but I think my personal fucking thought on it is the fact I think it is being blown way out of proportion. I recently just found the first person that I know that they know somebody that has it. So I don't know anybody firsthand that has it still, but I know somebody secondhand that has it. Um, So that's why I get a little... I'm only going from personal experience, which is why I don't necessarily trust the media. Uh, but that's my thoughts on that. I was thinking about how the stay in shelter bans are supposed for most states are supposed to be lifted at the end of the month, which is about two weeks away from now. And I'm curious is uh, how they're going to do that. Are they, I know Austin where I'm staying had a protest on fucking city hall and there was maybe Michigan I believe somewhere in Michigan they did the same thing saying that shelter in place needs to stop to that I say if you're protesting shelter in place what are you actually being banned from doing right now with the shelter in place being in in place like you're out protesting It doesn't, what are they stopping you from doing? So I don't understand the thoughts behind that. But like I said, the bans are supposed to be lifted at the end of the month. And I don't know if they're going to wait a week or two and then put a longer ban on it. I did talk to somebody that said, they would like to see Italy because Italy had a bigger outbreak before we did. So going in reverse order, you'd like to see Italy reopen up and see how their reopening up goes. If there is a second wave or if anything's all clear over there, you'd like to use them as a test first, basically. But I think Americans are very impatient and they will just bitch and moan that they can't go out of their house and go to City Hall and bitch and moan about it. So I think 
I think there will be a second wave, personally. I think we're going to reopen too quick, and it's just going to set us back again. If you have any thoughts, conspiracy theories on that, uh, fucking send me a message, shoot me a text, whatever, call. I ain't got shit to do during this quarantine anyway. Uh, what else? Brendan Schaub brought up a good point on the Rogan podcast, uh, saying that people are going to start getting extremely upset once college football is canceled. And then I think that's going to be a factor that plays into opening the the uh, shelter-in-place bans. People are going to start losing their shit once football season comes around and they're not allowed to go fucking root for Alabama. Roll Tide. Fucking idiots. They said sports might come back without any fans, which I think would be different. I don't know if anybody saw the one UFC where they didn't have any fans, but they still put on the show. Speaking of which, how about Dana White biting a fucking island, fight island? That's pretty intense. For one, I don't know who you go to to buy a private island. And two, how much does that fucking cost? So the first time I recorded this, it did not save, so I'm going to record it again. And I believe I started talking about how I don't understand racism. I don't understand how you can not like somebody because of the color of their skin. And I'm probably going about this the wrong way and going to be open to a lot of chrism. But I hate the fatties. I hate fat people. I feel like you can look at somebody that's overweight until they have zero fucking self-control. You have zero ambition. You would rather take the easy way out and eat fucking cupcakes and Pop-Tarts and pizza and live a sedentary lifestyle as opposed to putting in a little bit of fucking effort to offset that by exercising, which I don't understand because it seems like everybody wants to be underweight. Everybody wants to look good. That's what I don't understand is you you know how. It's just the fact you don't want to put the effort in. And I don't agree with all these people that see other fat people on Magazines, sorry, there's a fucking car crash up here. 
but I don't agree with all these other fat people that see other fat people on magazines and they say, oh, she's so beautiful. Oh, she's this. Oh, she's that. She's so brave. No, that is not true. I don't think you actually believe that either. That person has zero ambition. And it makes me think that being on this quarantine has made me think about being possibly a personal trainer. Being on this quarantine has made me think about a lot of things. It made me think about being a personal trainer, but I think the route that I'm going to go is I got accepted into Penn College Dental Hygiene Bachelor's Program. And it would not benefit me anyway professionally. I wouldn't get a, a higher pay raise or anything if I had a bachelor's compared to my associates right now. But it would allow me to possibly go into the Marine Corps as an officer. And if the Marine Corps does not want me, I would like to get into a PA program hopefully through the Navy or the Army, so they can fucking pay for the schooling, and I could get a couple years' experience, and then I could dip out with all the certifications that I need and uh, a couple years' experience. So that was one of the things that I think I'm going to do during this quarantine. While I was staying in North Carolina with Scully, we had a conversation about we had a conversation about seeing the the commercials for Thank you for your service to first responders and everybody on the front lines of the coronavirus. And he said, I bet those people fucking hate it for just basically doing their job, which is how I feel when people say thank you for your service. When I know goddamn well, I didn't do anything that really involved danger. Not that I was aware of anyway. The only thing that I can think of would be we got mortared every day, multiple times a day on base when we were in Afghanistan. But I didn't feel like there was any actual threat because they would sound these alarms and you would have to go into a giant concrete bunker where it was safe. And I don't think anybody actually ever got hit by any of those mortars or anything. Not that I know of anyway, like I said. But the training for the military was kind of hard. But the actual job itself was not difficult at all. Or I don't think it was dangerous. There were some sketchy times, but 
I was never in any, I was never face to face with anybody with a gun uh, that was gonna hurt me. I feel like the military is romanticized by movies and whatnot, where they the movies are about the top 1% of people that have actually gotten in the actual conflicts outside of the wire of bases. I personally was not one of them. I always wanted to be, which is why I think I still have the drive to go back. But thinking about it now, we well, I had a kid in my boot camp class who I don't remember his name, but he was tall, had red hair, glasses, lanky, and he was tall. And he fucking hated it. And the thing about Marine Corps training is you have to be, they train you to kill and fucking have bearing and follow all these fucking rules. And... You don't show emotion. You just do what the fuck you're told to do. But we would get our extra training, quote unquote, where you would have to do push-ups, sit-ups, fucking, but you would get yelled at the whole time and you would have to do it as fast as possible. But it was extra training, which basically means you fucking suck. So this kid fucking hated training and everybody knew he wanted out. So one day this kid's getting fucking PT'd and he's doing push-ups and he fucking had it. And he goes, sir, this recruit is gay, sir. And it fucking brought everybody to a standstill. And we were like, what the fuck is going to happen now? Like, it was like a split second thing. And the drone instructor hesitated for like half a second. And we were like, oh shit. And he hesitated for like half a second. And then he goes, snaps back into it. He's like, I don't give a fuck what your sexual preference is. I'm going to get my fucking training out of you one way or another. Now get down on your fucking face. He might have said the F word. He might have not. But either way, it was pretty funny, kind of scary. Didn't know what the fuck was going on. It was different. Um, I think he ended up drinking bleach or trying to drink bleach later in the training cycle. But he fucking wanted out bad. I don't understand why. I didn't think it was that bad. There was only two times where I was... There was one, no, there was two times where I got fucking legit angry, and then one time where I got actually scared. And the one time where I got actually scared was we were doing a three mile run, and we were coming up on the last mile or something. And there was a kid in probably a hundred yards in front of me getting berated by a drill instructor, and I was thinking to myself, I'm like, fuck this. I'm not trying to deal with that. So I'll just fucking speed past them. So I fucking kick it into high gear. I go running around this drone instructor and this kid. But the drone instructor says, you've been holding out on me this whole time. Fucking ski. 
I'm going to PT till your fucking heart pops. And my thought process was, this motherfucker is going to run me until my heart pops. And I was 100% sure at the fact that that was how I was going to die. So I just kept fucking running. He didn't follow me or anything, but I, I had a feeling that my time was coming. But I wanted to get away from the situation as fast as I could, so I just kept fucking running my little legs as fast as they would go. And I think that's a weird thing for a 19-year-old kid that has never been outside of his uh, home state for an extended period of time in the middle of South or in the swamps of South Carolina, away from civilian life, being treated like a fucking retard. And uh, basically scared. And then one time I got angry because there was a kid to my left that was in the bunk next to me. His name was Farrell, and he was a kind of chubby African-American glasses-wearing recruit that had a lisp. And the drone instructors would fuck with him. They would come up to him and say, Stay it, Farrell! And he would go, Sir! Suffering succotash, sir! And the drone instructors would laugh, and I wasn't allowed to laugh, even though I was fucking half an arm distance away from listening to this. And you would have to hold your bearing, but they would fuck with him. And one of the ways they fucked with him was... We were in the training cycle where we were going to the firing range to do our rifle fall. And we it was a 10-mile hike. And he had to carry what the Marine Corps calls a love jug. But in reality, it is a Gatorade bucket that you see at sporting events that has a little spigot that you have the water or Gatorade come out at the bottom, whatever. And he had to carry it. He had to carry it on this 10 fucking miles. And I was in my head, I'm like, that sucks to suck. So I'm trying to get the fuck out of there so they don't make me um, help him with this fucking thing. But as I'm trying to get out of the fucking barracks as fast as I can, all I hear is, get somebody to fucking help you, Farrell. And I hear, ski, ski, ski. And in my head, I'm like, I, fuck, why would you... Why would you have me help you? Like, why me? And But I also knew that he wasn't going to be able to do it himself. I was just pissed that he picked me to do it. So to make everything harder, they filled this fucking jug with all ice and very little water to make it as heavy as fucking possible. So as I said, we are in the fucking swamps of... South Carolina, where it is unbearably humid. It's the middle of summer, so the sun is beating down. I have 100 pounds on my back, and I'm carrying this stupid fucking rifle that keeps hitting me in the nuts. And I'm carrying this fucking jug that weighs an extra 50 fucking pounds for 10 goddamn miles. And at some point on this fucking hike, we're switching hands, switching grips trying to keep up with everybody else in the fucking platoon that isn't carrying this extra bullshit. Getting yelled at because we're falling behind and I fucking had it. I throw my fucking side of the thing down, 
punch the top of the Gatorade thing and say, fuck this. And drone strike immediately comes over, steps on Roman, same one that said he was going to pop my little heart. Says, oh, you like to break over my property, huh, do you ski? And I said, sir, no, sir. And he says, well, obviously you fucking do if you're punching fucking shit. And he's like, you like to punch shit, huh? Why don't you punch me? And I was, he's a fucking intimidating drone instructor, I will say that. But I was not about to punch this man because of fear of repercussions, and I respected him. So I fucking hesitated, and I didn't know what the fuck to say. And I said, sir, this crew does not know how to respond, sir. And I don't think he knew how to respond to that. So he just said, pick the fucking shit up and go. So I picked my shit up, finished the walk. And that was fucking the one time I, one of the two times I got angry in boot camp. And then there was another time where we had a, another recruit that was two weeks ahead in training from a different platoon. He got hurt and he got rolled back to our platoon so he can do the training that he missed. And he was telling these fucking bullshit stories about the training that's coming up, saying, oh, it's the hardest thing I've ever done, blah, blah, blah. Basically just scaring everybody, trying to make everything harder than it has to be. And I fucking call him out on it. Like, you're not building any morale here. You're just scaring everybody. Like, you're not, you're being negative as opposed to positive. And he didn't like that. And basically I told him to fuck off. That was the end of it. So later that day, the way you go to eat is, is you get formed up in a platoon you get marched to right outside the doors of the chow hall, a.k.a. the cafeteria. And Jones Sucker says, Attack chow hall! All the recruits scream back, Attack chow hall, aye, sir! And then everybody tries to pile. There's a hundred of us trying to pile in through this fucking one-way door. And everybody's pushing, trying to get in. And I felt the person behind me was trying to physically harm me. Because they were being a little too extra on their shoves. So I turned around. And it was this fucking recruit that got rolled back. And I knew he was doing it to be a dick. So I turned around. I grabbed him. Throw him on the ground. We're wrestling for a little bit. Didn't throw any punches. Because the drone instructor came over. And told us to fucking stop. And everybody else went in the chat hall. And we were standing outside. While we were figuring out our fucking punishment. And the drone instructor says... Shit happens at the jaw, huh? And we didn't say anything. And he says, what happens at the jaw stays at the jaw. And get the fuck out of my face. So we fucking left. And that was the other time I got legitimately angry in boot camp. And then one time I was actually proud of myself for getting out of extra PT session because there's four drill instructors. One is in charge. And the other three are there to inflict as much misery as they can. And they try and sneak you off into extra PT sessions when the senior drone instructor is trying to make everything not as miserable is the best way I can explain it. So I got snuck off into the bathroom just me and this other drill instructor and he's fucking telling me to get on my face and do push-ups or whatever and he's whispering and we're in the bathroom where you can hear an echo and he's whispering trying to keep everything quiet 
So he's like, get on your fucking face and give me 50. And I had this fucking brilliant idea of just screaming at the top of my lungs, sir, yes, sir. So hoping the echo would go loud enough to where the senior drone instructor could hear it and be like, what the fuck are you doing? You're not supposed to be doing this. So he's like, shut the fuck up. And I go, sir, yes, sir. And he's like, I swear to fucking God. And I go, sir, yes, sir. Just screaming as loud as I can. And we both knew what I was trying to do. And he knew that if he got caught, he would be in like, not in trouble, but knew he was doing something wrong, I guess. I don't know how to explain it. But he ended up letting me go. But I was really proud of it. But I ended up getting worse punishment because we have classes in these fucking giant, what I imagine a college university classroom would look like, learning about military history and all the other bullshit that military recruits need to know. So we're doing these classes, and in between classes, you can possibly get taken out for extra PT in what is called the sandbox, which is basically a 20 by 20 foot sand pit in the fucking ground. And it sucks because you're rolling around in this fucking sand and you can't get it off. No matter how hard you try, you brush it off uh, and you don't really get showers but so you're rolling around in this fucking sand for five minutes. You go to an hour class. You get back in this fucking sand. Get a five minute break. Do another class. Get fucked up in the sand. So you're just covered in sand. And I was covered in sand for, I want to say like two weeks. And it was miserable. And like I was talking about showers, military showers well, recruit showers, is basically if you had a high school gym shower where there's just the shower heads that are facing towards the middle of the room, if you had that, but you get everybody stacked up in an individual, in a single form, single formation line, and you basically have 10 seconds to run under all these shower heads and use as much water as you can in that 10 seconds to get whatever dirt and shit you have accumulated throughout the day to get off. So it's, if you're covered in sand, you're basically covered in sand for the rest of the time you're there and it fucking sucks. But there was one time where we had a kid that hurt his ankle so he was on crutches and he was, he got to go first into the showers and then everybody, all the able-bodied people would go in after him to do their normal showers. So this kid's on crutches and we're in the squad bay, which is basically if you had one big empty room with beds online on your left and on your right. And there's two single lines painted on the ground, separating the left and the right. And everybody lines up on these lines, facing inward. So you're facing, basically facing each other, staring at another dude. 
that has no emotion on his face and you have no emotion on your face and you're just basically communicating, wow, this fucking sucks just by staring at this guy. And so this kid on crutches is at the back of the squad bay coming forward to where the showers are. As he's coming forward, his fucking towel drops. So directly in front of me, on his crutches, his towel drops. So he's butt-ass naked trying to pick up this towel, but he can't bend over because he's on crutches. And I could not hold my fucking bearing. I fucking lost it watching this fucking naked, sad individual try and pick up his towel. And he could not do it. And I started giggling. And then it just fucking took off throughout the rest of the squad bay. And it was by far the funniest thing that I've seen in boot camp. But I paid dearly for it because I ended up going to the sand pit for another two weeks. Which was... Uh, not worth it at the time, but it was worth it afterwards. Um, let me know if you like those stories. I probably have a couple more that if I really thought about it, I could, uh, come up with a couple more. So if you like those, let me know. Send me a text, 281-330-8004. So while talking about these boot camp stories, I had a thought of, I think that every U.S. citizen should have to do two years of military service, just because I think it would be beneficial to combat the obesity problem by forcing them to exercise, and that some of the best, some of the best friends I've had were from the military just due to the fact that it sucked, but having those people that go through the shitty times with you makes friends, and I feel like we would be better off as a country, more collective, more close-knit, if everybody had a, not necessarily the exact same training, but if you pick Air Force, Marine Corps, Army, Navy, whatever, I think if you get that, that structure of having to go through shitty times with, and everybody in the uh, whole nation, if everybody in the whole nation does it, uh, I think it would be, I think it would bring us closer together. The other thing is, I don't think everybody should go to go to college right after high school. I, as a 30-year-old male that I am now, I still have no idea what I want to do for a career, and I feel that if you go into the military right after high school, you get that structure on somebody telling you what to do, when to do it, as opposed to just winging it and seeing what happens. You get that structure, like I said. Uh, I feel like every 18-year-old is a fucking idiot, including myself when I was 18 and had no idea. I think going to the military gets your feet wet on how to be an adult, not saying that every single person that joins the military is the greatest of fucking adults, but I think it gives everybody more of a, uh, more of an idea on what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to do it. And then, completely off topic, I've listened back to a little bit of this episode already, and I'm trying to work better on my uh, public speaking skills. And, uh, I don't know, just trying to get better at it, not 
trying to say like as much and less pauses and talking with confidence and not as many pauses, which listening to it, I feel bad for you because I know how bad it is, but I'm doing my best. I always wondered how I'm perceived as a person, being wondering what other people think of me. I feel like a lot of people think I'm an asshole, <laughs> which I wouldn't blame them for it. But I always wonder, like, I've had multiple females tell me, like, oh, you're intimidating and quiet and intimidating throws me off because I don't want to be intimidating. I mean, I'm sure at one point I, I did. But I wonder if anybody else has those thoughts. Because there's some people you look at and you're like, wow, that person's confident. I wonder if I give off the confident vibe. Like, that guy's an idiot. Which... Won't blame you for that either. But if I'm not the only one, let me know.